Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, February 1st. On this date, in 2004, America learned a new term, the wardrobe malfunction. The phrase was coined by one of the two performers at that year's Super Bowl, who was involved in a real wardrobe malfunction on live TV. Do you remember who used the term to define what happened? I'll have that answer coming up. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Wednesday forecast. And good Wednesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Silvan here. Some fog out the door this morning. Those clouds will occasionally break apart today. We'll see a partly to mostly cloudy sky lunchtime into this afternoon. Small chance of a shower throughout the day. Temperatures climbing up into the 70s now. Cold front comes through this evening. Temperatures will cool quickly. Tomorrow morning, a little bit cooler around 50. Tomorrow afternoon, around 63. Now that comes with a mostly cloudy sky. A few showers. Best rain chance will be Friday morning. Chilly Friday. High struggle to get out of the 40s and cold to start out the weekend 29 on Saturday morning. Now, Saturday high only around 50. We're in the 60s on Sunday. And then next week, we'll see temperatures climb to the 70s by Tuesday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. More than a dozen witnesses have now testified in the double murder case against Alec Murdoch. After spending a single day on two witnesses, yesterday the state got through five. Yeah, Murdoch is charged with killing his wife and son a year and a half ago on the family's hunting property in rural Colleton County. Nick Reagan, he is live from the courthouse this morning. And Nick, several people took the stand yesterday. Who did we hear from? Yeah, guys, we've gotten through 15 witnesses so far in this trial yesterday. We got through five. Now, the testimony yesterday extensively covered uh, some of that cell phone data that the state says pins Alec Murdoch to the murder scene. Now, yesterday we heard from a Verizon wireless employee as well as two digital forensic experts, uh, that both of whom work with the Secret Service. They gave details about the last texts and phone calls received by Maggie. Now, they presented data that shows the steps tracked by Maggie's phone. That data showed that her last steps were at about 8.55 the night of the murder, and then she stopped answering calls and text messages a short while later. And for the first time, we heard from a relative of Murdoch, Alex's second cousin, who built three 300 blackout rifles for the family. That's the same type of gun used to kill Maggie. He took the stand. In addition to questions about the guns, he was also asked about Alex's relationship with Paul. He told the jury that they had a normal father-son relationship. After, however, the day was really focused at the very beginning. It started with the cross-examination of SLED Special Agent Jeff Croft, who uh, was the defense, who is the defense describes as the right-hand man of the lead investigator. Croft was responsible for collecting all of the guns from the Murdoch's hunting lodge where Paul and Maggie's bodies were found. He was also present at all three of Alex's interviews with SLED. As expected, the defense hammered on the garbled audio that we've all heard by now where the SLED agent says that Murdoch says, I did him so bad in reference to Paul. Defense attorneys slowed down that audio and, uh, and, and questioned Croft again. Listen for yourself. Now, 
bad did you hear they did him so bad or I did him so bad? That is the question that the jury will have to decide. But Croft, he's sticking with his testimony, saying that he heard I did him so bad. Reporting from Colleton County, Nick Reagan, Live 5 News. All right, thank you, Nick. Well, the Charleston County Sheriff's Office is investigating a shooting that sent a man to the hospital. Officials say deputies were called to Highway 162 in the Hollywood area around 1 o'clock Monday afternoon. When deputies arrived, they found a man with a gunshot wound to the shoulder. They found out the victim was outside when he got into some kind of fight with another man who shot him with a gun. The suspect left the scene in a vehicle, which officials say was later recovered in the Adams Run area. The victim is expected to be okay. Okay, no arrests have been made at this time. Georgetown County deputies are asking for help to find a missing 16-year-old boy. Aaron Nelson was reported missing from his home in Georgetown yesterday morning. He was last seen wearing a gray champion shirt and blue jeans. Deputies say he has no known medical conditions. Anyone who knows where he might be should call the sheriff's office at 843-546-5102. Police in Somerville are asking for help to find a missing girl. Officials say Katie Prince was last seen at her home in Somerville yesterday. Police tell us detectives are investigating the incident, and they're asking anyone to notify Somerville police if they have information on where Katie may be. If you know something, call that number you see there on your screen, 843-875-1650. Well, a push to give South Carolina families public dollars to spend, send their kids to private schools has just cleared a major hurdle in the state house. The bill will soon be headed to the House of Representatives. The bill would give up to 15,000 uh, 15, students a year, $6,000 in state money in an education scholarship account to pay for private school tuition and other allowable costs. Senators expanded income eligibility to eventually include families making up to around $129,000. Students receiving the money would be required to take a state or national standardized test to measure how well the program is working. The bill would also prohibit schools receiving the money from discriminating based on race, color, or national origin. Senators of both parties say they have concerns about the legality of the program as the state constitution prohibits state dollars from directly going to private schools. This is the core of the middle class in South Carolina. These are folks who ought to have the opportunity to send their children to a school of their choice by way of the program we're discussing here today. I think the fundamental question is not that. I would submit that the fundamental question is whether or not we use public funds uh, to uh, support private schools. Senators will have to give the bill one more formal vote to officially pass it today before it'll head over to the House of Representatives. A former South Carolina governor is making moves for the White House. According to CBS News, Nikki Haley will officially announce her 2024 presidential run right here in Charleston, February the 15th. Haley would be the first Republican to jump into the 2024 presidential race this year, facing former President Donald Trump, who launched his bid last year. Haley indicated that she would seek the Republican presidential nomination during an interview earlier this year. Trump told reporters over the weekend that Haley called him to say she was considering launching her campaign. Haley served as U.S. ambassador to the United Nations in the Trump administration. $75 million will now go toward the I-526 expansion. 
This comes after Charleston County Council approved the measure last night. Yeah, the money came from the first half cent sales tax that the county approved in 2004. Although it's approved, not everyone is happy about it. Anna Harris brings us more on details of how that vote came to be. This was the second time Charleston County Council attempted this vote. It was finalized at five yeas, three nays, and one absence. Just like council was during the discussion, public comment was also pretty divided. You are our trustees. This is not your money, it's ours. Poll after poll has shown that people that this project would affect are firmly in favor of completing 526. The Mark Clark extension will extend from West Ashley to Johns Island, James Island, and areas of the Charleston metropolitan area to provide easier transportation and improved safety. The total project cost is more than $2 billion. Councilman Teddy Pryor Sr. says if this began when it was first presented 42 years ago, it would have only cost around $280 million. Pryor says putting money towards 526 will not defer any other transportation projects going on, and this vote is a huge win for Charleston County. Another councilman, Larry Kabrowski, says he wishes they would have waited until the next sales tax referendum in two years for them to know exactly where this money will go. But that didn't stop the passing of the funding last night. People overwhelmingly want to have 526 completed. I mean, you think about it, we wanted the major cities in the state and we don't even have a loop to go around. North Charleston is the biggest tax base in, you know, Charleston County. So we want relief as well too because the more people on our roads, the more congested we are. Pryor says the next step is for SEDOT to start the permitting process. No word as of right now on when that will start. In North Charleston, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. Well, Charleston County is looking for community feedback on their comprehensive housing plan uh, called Housing Our Future Plan. Now, that plan is Charleston County's first comprehensive plan for housing attainability. It includes months of research and community conversations focused on capacity building, housing stability, and home ownership. Comments could be submitted online for the draft housing plan, but public comment meetings have already been scheduled to discuss the plan in person. The first date on the calendar is right there on your screen. Now, uh, February 6th at the Public Services Building in North Charleston, the deadline to submit those co uh, comments is March the 1st. Students at Colleton County High School are seeing some new faces in their hallways this week as a new program called Operation Cougar Nation kicks off. It's a plan the district came up with to stop some of the violence that's been going on in schools. Here's how it works. Parents, family members, business owners, pastors, community leaders... Anyone who can pass a background check can walk the halls and school grounds. The goal is for those volunteers to provide safety and security, make sure kids are following procedures and policies, and also build relationships and inspire them. If you're interested in becoming a volunteer for the program, we have more information on our website, life5news.com. Just click on this story. Well, you'll be able to get free tax assistance at some Lowcountry libraries. Officials with the Charleston County Public Library System say they want to make tax filing help accessible for people who can't afford it on their own. Molly McBride, she joins us live from one of the library branches right now. And Molly, uh, can you tell us how people can take advantage of this free service? Good morning. Good morning, ladies. I'm here at Dorchester Road Library, which is one of the over 10 libraries across, across the county offering this free service. I spoke to Darcy Coover, the Adult Systems Coordinator at the Charleston County Public Libraries. 
who tells me SC Thrive, Vita, and AARP are all contributing to make this free assistance possible. She says each organization offers varying tax services, but if you have an appointment, you will leave with completed forms. The services are open to any Charleston County resident with an income of $72,000 or less. Cooper says residents will receive help from current or former CPAs or accountants who are volunteering their time. We know that it can be a stressful process, and we also know that for a lot of folks, they just don't have access to paid help like an accountant or a CPA. So really, the point of this program at the library is to make tax help accessible to folks who can't perhaps afford it on their own. Um, and to really reach into uh, different areas of the county where we see the most need. We reached out to SC Thrive for a statement. One of the contributing organizations who said this assistance directly affects low and moderate low income families by providing them with an actual cash benefit. Now, this service starts today and runs through the middle of April, but Coover says your library might require an appointment so to give your specific branch a phone call. Reporting live in Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. The South Carolina Athletic Hall of Fame is welcoming new members, including six-time NBA All-Star Jermaine O'Neal and Super Bowl champion Robert Brooks. The eight-member class will be enshrined during ceremonies in May. O'Neal went directly from Columbia High School to the NBA, where he played for seven teams over 18 seasons. He was drafted by Portland at the age of 17. O'Neal's most successful stint was with Indiana from 2000 to 2008. He made the NBA All-Star team six straight seasons. Now, Brooks, who played at South Carolina, spent 1992 through 98 with Green Bay. He was injured midway through the 96 season and missed the Packers' Super Bowl win. Brooks is known for popularizing the Lambeau Leap while there is part of the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame. Do you remember the famous wardrobe malfunction during the halftime show at the 2004 Super Bowl? It happened when Justin Timberlake ripped Janet Jackson's top during a performance and exposed her chest. Whether you think it was planned or a genuine accident, it was Timberlake himself, who just celebrated a birthday yesterday, who first used the term wardrobe malfunction to explain what happened. Celebrating birthdays today, actor-comedian Garrett Morris is 86. Actor, writer, and producer Bill Moomy, who played Bill Robinson in Lost in Space is 69. Comedian Polly Shore is 55. TV's Dexter, Michael C. Hall, is 52. And singer Harry Styles is 29. Thank you for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.